Well, good morning to everybody. And we about to get started going. <laughs> Thank y'all for coming out this morning like again. Thanking for life-changing ministries. Thank you for the ones that are listening to it in the um, podcast world. Um, I'll continue to listen to it and be a blessing to it. Amen. And uh, not going to be before you long this morning. Just want to share something with you to build you up, build your faith up, and keep you going. Amen. And we can do that. That's what the Word of God is all about. Thank God for the ones that came and uh, my brother here. But this, this morning, we've been talking about the righteousness of God. You know, I'm going to piggyback on some things about righteousness, but I want to cover some things. How many of you know, as Christians, you have a right to be successful in every aspect, right? Whatever you go through in life, if you stick with God, you have a right to come out and be on top, to be a born-again believer, to succeed in every aspect. So I just want to remind you today, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Remind you again today who you are in Christ, that you're righteous in Christ, and we know well, righteousness is not in your own ability. Righteousness is having God's ability on you to do successful things. That's God's ability. Righteousness is not just giving things or doing things for the poor, which is nothing wrong with that. Do those things. I believe in that. I do that. But if you don't, if you don't have Christ in you, you're not what? Righteous. The last thing I pick up back on, you're not righteous. So today I'm going to show you some scriptures again to remind yourself. And we're still in the book of Romans. Go to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to show you some more scripture. But go to Romans chapter 8. And I want to just, because I want y'all to study. I told you before, we were studying out Romans chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. But read the word of God so you can uh, <clears throat> have some peace with that. But right now, go to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> and I'm going to read some things on down and. I want you to read this on your own time, but I do want you to read the word of God. How many, how many of you know I can't change anybody, but the word of God can change people. The word of God can bring people peace and joy and happiness. Uh, <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, when you have it, say amen. amen. And we're going to be in this whole chapter this morning. And I'm going to read some things and I'm going to explain it so you understand. But Romans chapter 8, <clears throat> it says, there is therefore... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what that law could not do in that which weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh for sin, condemns sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that, after the, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is me against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye, not, ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of, because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, 
he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. We're going to stop there for a minute. So I want you to see something. We saw all this. When you walking in God's word, you're walking in a what? Spirit. Walking in the spirit. I grew up in a child like religion. Walking in the spirit don't mean floating. Walking in the spirit don't mean walking around looking ugly. Don't put no makeup on. Walking in spirit means walking in what God's word says about your life. I'm showing you right here in scripture here that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living and dwelling in what? You. I want you to get a picture of that. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, God himself is now living and breathing on the inside of you. Say it with God is in me. When you start seeing that God is in you, there's an ability in you that's stronger than any ability that's in this world. So no matter what you go through, what makes some of you different as a Christian is you have God as a backup. When you have God as a backup, somebody tells someone, I know better than you. What makes me different is when you're a Christian and you believing in God, you have God as a what? Backup. Why my nephew up? Come on for you. If I, you have God as a backup, come behind me. If as a Christian, come right here. As a Christian, if I, God is my, he can catch me strong. God is my backup. When I go through stuff, I have him what? To catch me. That's, that's the difference. I got God backing me up now. If God before me, who could be? God is backing me. But if I am a Christian, don't have no backup, you can move out the way, and I fall back, guess what? There's nobody helping me. See, that's the form of pride. Thank you. If you think you don't need God or no God in your help and you don't have any backup, when you go through something, all you got is you. And if all you got is you and you run out and you don't have no backup, then you saying you don't need God, you do need God. And I'm letting you know as a Christian, if you have God in you, whatever you go through, he created the world. I want you to think of this. God created the world. We're in Romans 8. God created the world. So if he created everything that's in the world, everything that was manifested in this world, and you have an ability to connect to God through now to have a relationship with God through Christ, is that one of the most powerful things you can have? Yes. Because you are connected to the, the master of the universe, if you say. You're connected to God himself that he can come and talk to you about personal things in your life that could be going on. So if I have God as backup in my life, how can I fail? I didn't say you wouldn't go through something. I didn't say trial and tribulation would come, but he said trial and tribulation come, but be ye what a good cheer. I have overcome the trouble of the world. Something could happen in your life unexpectedly, and if you trust God, guess what? It should and will get what? Better. I believe anything I go through in life, if I go through something, even if somebody lose their job or, or something happens, if you stick with God, God will make it get better. He'll give you ideas, concepts, and insight that you say, well, I should have do this. And this. God will make it better because the word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his word. See what? Begging for bread. A righteous person who's connected to God, those type people, they may go through something, but I see them come out on top and they become successful and they become better. Say this with me. I am 
righteous in Christ. When you realize you're righteous in Christ, when you realize you have another ability inside you that's stronger than anything that goes on in this world, now you're walking around with the peace of God on your life. We just read the scripture. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living and breathing in you. You think I like superhero movies. I like X-Men and Avengers, all that type of stuff. I love to watch it. But guess what? Those things are nice to see it on TV. But they're actually a superpower living inside of you that's greater than that. God is inside of me. And he can talk to me. And he can communicate with me. See, that's the biggest thing we want you to get here at church is a relationship with Christ. We just stopped there in Romans chapter, we in Romans chapter 8. And we stopped in verse 11. He said, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Here we go. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. That die also, we know that death means, die don't always mean physically. Although you live in the flesh, you can die physically doing things that's in the flesh. That dying also means a separation from Christ. Dying where you're not hearing God's voice. If ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the what? Sons of God. Led by the spirit of God, sons of God. Same thing, daughters of God too. They're covering the women as well. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if the children that hears of God, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. For I reckon the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but <clears throat> reason to, of, of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption in the glorious liberty of the children of God. I'm reading on because I'm getting to a point. For we know that we what for we know that the whole creation groaneth and traveleth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown with ourselves, waiting for the adoption to the redemption of our body. We are saved by hope. I'm going to break that down. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, doeth he hope for. How are we saved by hope? We're saved by hope because you have never actually had a laid hands on Jesus or saw Jesus with your own physical eyes. Remember the time, the scripture, when Jesus had died on the cross and he came back and you had people were doubting. You had doubting Thomas who didn't believe that Jesus was really had came back. He said, Thomas, look at the holes in my hands and look at the holes in my feet. He said, but you believe me because you see me, but blessed are those who don't see me and what? Believe. 
See, you don't physically see Jesus, but you can feel his presence. It takes a decision as a Christian. If you really want to hear God's voice, you have to choose to get in his presence. You have to choose to get in God's word. You have to choose to go to a church where the present God is going. But I'm letting you know, if you, so I'm going to say this again. Say it with me. God is in me. So if you know that God is in you, who would not want to know the person that created them to tell them about everything in their lives, the thing they can do in their lives, how they can be successful. Verse 25, it says, but if we hope for that, we see not, then we, <clears throat> the patients wait for it. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself make it intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth that the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let me ask you this. You know the, God, the God's will for your life. When you pray, and some of them, we're going to teach you on that more. The ones that pray in the spirit and the ones that don't. When you have a gift to pray in the spirit, that's part of the will of God for your life. If you have that gift, you use that gift. If you don't have that gift yet, you still ask God for it. But that don't mean God don't love you. That don't mean that God don't have a, a way or place in your life. That gift is there for you. And if you have not gotten it yet, that don't mean God don't love you. I'm going to say it again. It don't mean that God don't love you. But that's another form of succeeding in life is praying in the spirit. That's praying in tongues. That's another level. When you pray in the spirit, you pray about stuff you don't know about. You pray about things you can't see in your own ability. Uh, just like my brother here. You, you, something, see, somebody that pray in the spirit, I'm saying this, and you may not see something going on. You could be at work or working a business deal. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit sees something going on with your son and you can't see it in your own ability. Accidents about to happen. You can't see it in your own ability. But the Holy Spirit, God knows everything. He sit high and he look low. And he has something that could be going on with your family and you not know about it. But the Holy Spirit said, pray. And all of a sudden, that could be, something could be happening to your son, and you began to pray in that language, and it began to protect it from going on. Something from, from happening to that son or that situation, that's intercession. Something you don't know in your own ability God can do. Who will want that gift that you know that God can see everything, and that gift can show you something going on in this world, in your own ability, you wouldn't know what to do. But that intercession when you pray, and you ask God, and you began to pray in that language, and you began to pray, that's for me. That is another level. But I'm saying this. You don't have to have it to go to heaven. You don't have to have it to be in the kingdom, but it's an addition. It's like going through a drive-thru at McDonald's. And when you get through the drive-thru, you say, let me get a number one. And you get a Big Mac fries and a drink. And you get up to the one that you pay for it. When you get ready to leave, you say, well, I don't want the drink. Just give me the Big Mac and the fries. Well, why you don't want the Coke, sir? I just don't want it. You still got the combo, but when it comes to praying in the spirit, like having that Coke, making that Big Mac go down smoother, easy to eat. Same thing when it comes to the things of God. Ask God for every gift. You have a right. Remember, Satan called to John 10 and 10. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Christ comes that you may have what? Life. And have it what? More abundantly. See, let me tell you something. What did I always say this? 
The devil ain't afraid of you coming to church. It's good to come to church now. Because faith comes, I ain't hearing the word of God. I'm not saying don't go to church. The devil is afraid when you start hearing his voice. When you actually start applying. That's what makes the devil afraid. I remember something I've been to a lot, read a lot of books. I still read a lot of books. And a guy named C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Screw Take Letters. And it kind of explains how the enemy thinks. And he once was an uh, unbeliever. He once was an atheist. And he came in contact with Christ. And he said one of the ways that he learned how the enemy think was the devil would say, uh, I wouldn't have seen this play too. He said, <clears throat> and what it was, it was his play. And it showed these people all going to church and they was rejoicing and jumping around, going in the choir. And they had the devil like in the background. God played the devil and he was like, I don't mind them going to church. That's good. Get busy. That's what he said. Just keep yourself busy. Keep yourself going to church. Keep yourself busy. He said, but what I'm afraid of is the ones that began to actually do it. He said, when they began to apply these scriptures to themselves, to their lives, and they actually become a child of God on this earth, and they start hearing God's voice on this earth, and they start executing things God said on this earth, he said, now the enemy now is afraid of that. You know how much power you got as a Christian. You hold your head up when you walk in a place. When somebody says, oh, you're a Christian. You believe God. Yeah, I believe God. You got the most powerful ability living on and breathing on the inside of you. Don't you be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Don't you be ashamed of what God has done for you. You let people know I am a Christian, but you don't have to announce it. You go places and people will see the light on you. Like the other day I told you I went to another church. I didn't say nothing. I didn't even go with a suit of towel. And the man said, you are a man of God. I see it. I, don't, I didn't say a word to him. I wasn't looking for it. But spiritually, there's a way of you graduating up. I'm praying for spiritual giants in the church. That spiritually you grow. You could be a private, but you could, you could grow a sergeant just like in the military. You grow up, but spiritually ranking that people should know who you are. Same way the enemy will look and say, oh, that one right there I'm afraid of. They got something in them. What the enemy is afraid of is when you got God in you and the levels are coming up. How the word says God gave every measure of faith. There are certain levels that God wants to see you come up. And he starts seeing you come up. And you start saying, wait a minute. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God on my side, what am I afraid of? And, and, and remember in the scripture, you got to study the Bible. When, 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 they, when Jesus came around and some of the devils in the person, they were like, get away from us, Jesus. We know who you are. Please get away. Because they start saying, we know you have an ability to cast us out. We're afraid of you. Who do you want to be spiritually? As a Christian, you have a right to success, but you have a right to anything that can come on your body to try to destroy. You have a right to be healed. And the sickness come on by the I say, by his stripes, I am healed. I don't receive it in the name of Jesus. During this time and age, you better trust God. You better know God for yourself. I read all kinds of stuff, and I know it's on podcasts. I don't care what people say about me. I say, when it comes to the vaccine, you still better trust God for yourself. I read places where people are going to the hospital still getting the virus after they took the vaccine. I'm not knocking you taking it. If you want to take it, that's between you and God. But you still better know God for yourself. You better know what the right if you was laying in bed and something happened and you couldn't catch your breath. 
because you know that God is with you. Then you know that God is living and breathing on inside of you. When you can have that type of strength, then you will say 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. Greatness is in you. God is in you. He's living and breathing on inside of you. But what's happening? You know, God did in my heart. People not walking in their rightful place. We're not walking in the rights that we really have as Christians. We don't think we have the right. Go to Matthew chapter 15. <clears throat> we don't think we have those rights. We, we, we sit back and act like uh, I, don't, I don't deserve those things from God and I'm not supposed to have those things from God. I'm not saying walk around in an arrogant way, but I say walk around in confidence, know who you are in Christ, that you got a right to succeed, to eat at the table. Matthew chapter 15 is somebody who didn't think they had a right. I'm going to show you more scriptures and we're going to be talking about some more stuff. <clears throat> Matthew chapter, I'm going to read 25. Matthew 15 verse 25. Matter of fact, 23. No, 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 22. I'm going to read on down. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto the Lord, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, Behold her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which thou fall from of the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And Jesus departed from this and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into the mountain and sat down, down there. Now, in this scripture, what was amazing to me, because of the climax of this scripture, this woman wasn't did not supposed to have a right to even come and talk to Jesus. That's why the things was going on. But because of her belief that Jesus or what he can do, here's another story. We always talk about Mark chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. Here goes another story whose a lady's daughter was sick. And because of her consistency to God, to Jesus, he, she came to Jesus because she knew she had a right to come to Jesus. And she came to Jesus and pretty much asked Jesus to heal her daughter. And you see situations here where she had to have the consistency to keep going to God to believe it. And when she had that consistency, Jesus said, be it unto her, your daughter is healed in this very hour. See, God laid on my heart, what are some things that you have not been consistent with when it comes to God? See, consistency is the key to the breakthrough of something. Sometimes we'll go to God and we don't be consistent. 
We ask one time, and I'm not saying me a person that asks a whole bunch of time. I'm not saying that believe faith. But do you consistently believe? How is your level of consistency of believing there? Are you a double-minded person? The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Do not let that man think he should receive anything from God. So sometimes patience is, we say, is a virtue. Sometimes you can ask God for something and don't see it right away. The patience is consistently staying the same when you don't see it. You may have asked for a loved one to be saved and you ain't seen them yet. A consistent person keeps praying and keeps going on when they don't see the results they need to see. Say this, I am consistent in Christ. If you stay consistent, see this woman stay consistent. She was told no a few times. She was told, leave Jesus alone, don't bother him. But she was consistent. Are you consistent when it comes to the things of God? See, folks, it amazes me how we could be consistent in the natural. We'll consistently get up and we'll work out. We'll consistently get up and go to work. Consistently work on other things. But that's nothing wrong with that. But how are you consistently in the spirit? Do you set a time to get up and go pray and spend some time with God? That's consistency. A consistent person gets results if you choose to be consistent. Consistency. I want you to remind yourself that if I'm consistent with God, he'll be consistent with me. The Bible says if you draw yourself draw yourself to God, if you draw yourself not to God, he'll draw himself close to you. Go to uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Consistency. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Mm -hmm. It says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Why? Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Now, we're talking about committing. I said that we, we hit Proverbs 16, 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. How can you have established thoughts? Thoughts established. Established thought is someone who trusts in God completely. But let me tell you something. The first way the enemy always going to come, he going to come where? Through your what? Your thought way. An established thought is rooted and established in God. And remember I told you before, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm going to give this same example I always give before. If Satan comes through your thought realm, when he comes in your thought realm, he's going to try to make you think there's no way that you can succeed. There's no way you can be healed. There's no way you can, be, you can make it through this situation. But if we just read the scripture here, an established thought is a thought that stays and rooted in God. If an unestablished thought, if you're double-minded in your thoughts, that's how the enemy starts the process. A thought, you can't make it. You can't do this. Sometimes, let me tell you something, fear is false evidence appearing real. Just because you're going down a path you ain't never gone down before don't mean you can't make it. False evidence appearing real. Just cause I ain't never done this before. Ain't no way possible. Just keep going. Just keep pushing because you, you, you're going down territory you ain't never, ever established before. I can say that with y'all. I remember I believe in God getting the house. And I was going down here. I was doing all the paperwork and all this was going on. And, and, and I heard all this. Been, I was in a little bit of fear. And God said, you ain't never signed up for over $100,000 in your life. I said, no. Do it. 
And when I did it, it's like faith went up more. It's like God said, see, I got more. But sometimes it's your level of faith that God is trying to get you to. The devil, false evidence of being real. Remember they say the devil come as a roaring lion. He ain't no lion. He's just trying. He come perpetrating. And when they say he ain't got no teeth, he's just gumming. But you, he going to try to make you say, you can't do that. You can't get another contract. Man, you need to go back to what you were doing before. That's fear. False evidence of being real. Faith is the substance or the established thought that say, wait a minute. I trust God. And when that thought tries to come up, when you get established in your thoughts, an established thought say, I'm going to trust God no matter what. An established thought say, God, she has to fly all my knees, a car to rich in glory, in Christ Jesus. That's when your thoughts start getting established. And when your thoughts start getting established, that's the reason why you know the word of God. That's the reason why you're around saints to build you up. That's the reason why you come to a good church where your faith can get built up. Because if the devil start getting in your thoughts, now he starts to control your life. So if your thoughts say, you can't, guess what you say? Man, it's kind of rough. You know, I can't do this. They'll say, I'll say it again. Uh, I can't do it, man. It's just too rough. Can't mean what? Calling all negative things together. But they always tell me, what you say? Can't in the house. Like, now as a grown man, I understand. Don't say you can't do it. The Bible says, I can do all things through what? Christ who what? Strengthens me. There's a strength in you that's bigger than you. So if that strength is bigger than you, there's a conquering power to overcome. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. That means you're more than a conqueror. You have more conquering, whatever it may be. If someone says you can't, don't let the false evidence appear real to make you think it can't happen. That's fear. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And evidence of things not seen. That's faith. To see you get to a level, you say, I can how did I get here? It's the next level. It's like a step by step. You start taking those steps and you get in, you start working on things and you work on them. You say, wait a minute, I never thought I could do this. They will say, yeah. And God, they will say, I was trying to stop you. And God was saying, I was trying to promote you to it. Remember how I said Jeremiah 29 11, God don't bring evil thoughts. Go to Jeremiah 29 11 so you see. So you know how to remember, he, 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 he not trying to bring you down. He trying to build you up. <laughs> God loves you so much, he wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you happy. Say it, what? Say it with me. God wants to see me happy and successful. Go to Jeremiah 29. This, this is what God thinks about you. We, we know this famous scripture. Everybody knows it. If you've been in church for a while, you've heard it thousands of times. Jeremiah 29 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, of thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected what? End. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, but to give you an expected end. Jeremiah 29 11. So when you have thoughts, he said, these are the thoughts I think of you. We're talking about established thoughts when we're talking about this place of God. So an established thoughts is, I don't think thoughts of evil. I think thoughts of good. The enemy, so the, uh, thoughts of peace, that's good. Thoughts of success, that's peace. Thoughts of you being healed. Somebody could be sick listening to this podcast. Or listen and say, ain't no way I can get healed. We just read thoughts of peace. So by his stripes, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, God, tell me what I got to do to make my body heal. And God can start telling you to do stuff in the natural that can bring you peace to give you an expected end. 
and expecting end is the end of hope. See, if a person loses hope, they lose expectation to think they can still be successful. I've talked to people who are successful, and I've talked to people who've just given up. You ever and then and I pray for the homeless, and I go time and I and I bless them and talk to them. But if you ever talk to somebody who's given up within themselves, the hope is gone. There was one guy said, sir, why are you on the street? What, what, what can we do to help you get out the street? What was your common denominator to get here? You know what he said? Well, my wife got burned up in a fire and my kids, and I just gave up hope. I didn't even want to live anymore. If you, if you ever give up the hope, your thoughts, the established thought is you never give up hope. The established thought is I know God is a supplier. He can supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. That's your established thought. You must be rooted in what the word God says about you. If you have the thoughts, if you have this word in you, that gives you ability and power to succeed. You're like you got your physical bank account. Nothing wrong with that. You got to have it in this physical world. You got your investments. You got your stocks. You got your real estate. Nothing wrong with that. But guess what? Who are you spiritually? What kind of investment have you made in the spirit realm? Who are you when something hits your house spiritually? Are you able to resist the devil and make him flee and say you have no authority in this place because I have Christ living on inside of me and his love is in me. And because of God in me, there's nothing can stop me. But he wants to get you in your thoughts. I told you what you thought. Like taking a break. I'm going to say it again. It's like taking a break, putting cement on that brick. And when you put cement on that brick, and if you let that brick and put another cement on that, another brick, if you let that and you build that brick up, it becomes a wall. But if you put cement on that brick and right before it, oh, it's trying to dry, and you come and kick that brick down, trying to dry, kick that brick down, you can never build that wall, can you? Why you keep kicking my bricks down? Kick that brick down. Same way mentally, how you think, thought, Ram, you start saying in my thought, Ram, I don't let negative thoughts continually to grow. If the enemy tell you your thought realm, you can't be successful. Say out my mouth. I am successful. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in the thought, if you say you can't, but you say with your mouth you can, you're eliminating that thought. Don't let it build. That's how it becomes a what? Stronghold. Don't sit there and just think it away. Oh, you know. Say something out your mouth. I'm not saying say in front of folks crazy, but say something out your mouth. Say, God, I can do all things through Christ's strength. Devil, you alive. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be healed. My son's going to be saved in the name of Jesus. And you start saying that. Now you're starting to get an established thought. Because of the devil. Now the Bible says, so a man thinking. That's a woman too. So is he. If you think you can't. If you think you can't. You think you can't do it. You think you can't get more contracts. You think, I start looking at stuff. I, I, I will go places and I still go to Barnes and Noble and read books. Or I come in contact with somebody. They say, well, you know that guy right there, he's a millionaire. Oh, he owns 30 homes. Guess what? I go walk them on. Hey, how you doing, sir? Hey, good to meet you, sir. How you doing? James Mitchell, good to meet you. Hey, how you doing? Oh, good. I would do that to say, if they can do it, I can do it. Never sit back and say, well, I can't be that because, you know, because of what? Who told you you couldn't be successful? Who told you you couldn't write that book that could be on the New York bestseller list? Who told you you couldn't write the next song that could hit in the gospel world? Uh, who told you you couldn't do it? It's your belief level. 
And when you start believing more in your thoughts and believing and saying with your mouth, life and death is in the power of the what tongue, what you say, you start to believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by what you hear. But guess what? Fear comes by hearing and hearing the words of the devil. Same way. You can't. I can't do it. You don't know what I've been through. Everybody got a past. Everybody got something that they've been through. But how you be successful is how you look at your future. The Bible says, cast away. Don't focus on your, on your past. Press toward the mark of our calling. That way, don't focus on your past. Remember the, remember the story? Whether it was Lot's wife and it was Sodom and Gomorrah. And Jesus, they told Lot's wife not to look back. So if you look back, you're going to turn into a pillar of salt. Some of your stuff in the past need to not even look back at it. Pillar of salt means she's paralyzed. She turned. Sometimes with us, if you focus on what you used to be or what you used to do, you're going to be paralyzed. You know what happened to me? Or you know what I did when I tried this country? I know, you know, I, I can say it because I can be honest. I remember something I'm working back on business-wise. And because of something happened to me a while back, I had got in fear that it might happen again. And God said, don't let that paralyze you. You got in fear somebody had tried to do something wrong to you and you started your business a while back. So you backed out. Well, I better just stay a little safe while I'm at. Better not try no more because somebody might try to hurt me again. So you stay right where you at. And you get paralyzed. The next level, you must focus on your future, on where God got you at. Say this, I will focus on my future. I forget those things of the past and press toward the high mark. That means the high mark means God has you for a higher level. God has something higher for you than what you've been through. Every time a Christian comes to God, if they let him, he will develop them and make them better. Philippians 1.6 says, be confident in this very one thing. He which began a good work and you will finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will finish it. The process that's working in you. Like we were earlier, my nephew said a scripture that blessed me. Is you sometimes, loved ones, you can love them. You're not supposed to hate them. But sometimes they can't see what God is trying to do in you because they only know of you, of what you've been through, of your past. For close to you sometimes, they might cannot see it. You still have to know what God says about you and do what he says about you. And when you can do that, now you're going to another level. You're being established first. Your thought realm established, and you start believing. And I like movies. Remember the movie Matrix when, when, when the Keanu Reeves, and, and, and pretty soon the agents start coming at you, and Keanu Reeves start realizing who he was. He was like, shoo, shoo. and the agents were coming at you, he was like, shoo, shoo. and then Lawrence Fishburne said, he's believing. They couldn't touch him. The agent was all around. He was like, shoo, shoo. He, was like shoo, shoo. he did all the moves and everything. <laughs> Spiritually, that's who you are, got to be like. That it can't touch you. The devil said, oh my God, he got matrix on him. He know who he is. <laughs> you can't touch it as that. That's why you get established in your thoughts. When the enemy quickly tell you, you can't, you say, I can't do all things to practice. God is with me. He loves me. Perfect love cast out all fear. Go to 1 John 14. I'm going to just show this. 1 John 14. When you have that in you, that's a different level. 
He's with you. First John 14. <clears throat> Those things the enemy gets afraid of, of a Christian who believes. I like this. It says, First John 14, it says, there is no fear in what? But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. He that fear is not made perfect in love. What love? The perfect love to know how much God loves you. It's almost like when the perfect love to know how much God adores you and cares for you. That's why you read the word of God. That's why you pray, because you build yourself up and say, that's why I know that fear. But it says fear brings torment. Torment. It's torment to think you can't. It's torment to be sick and think you can't be healed. It's torment to think you're on a job and you can't grow there and you got to believe God for the next level. And I got to be here for the 20 years. I can't never leave. That's torment. Fear. False evidence appearing real. Faith. Perfect love is how you know that perfect love. It say, I like the scripture what it says here. It said, he that feareth is not made in love. What do you mean he that feareth is not made in love? Because you don't, really, you don't understand how much God really loves you. Why are you in that scripture? Look over at 1 John 4, 12. In these scriptures, I would love for you to read too. Why are you over there? It says, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. See, one of the evidence of a Christian that you got love in you. A true Christian should have racism in their heart. If you do, and you hear this, I pray you ask God to help your heart to forgive you. When you got love in you, God is love. Say it with me. God is love. Say it again. God is love. Love comes from God. Hate comes from the devil. Love comes from God. Hate comes from the devil. So when you know that God is love, love is a changing factor. Love is reminding. Is anybody here, you know, when you got kids, I don't have kids, when you got kids, how much I love my family, my nieces, my nephews, all of that. When you got love for them, you want the best for them. God wants the best for you. God wants you happy, whole, well, smiling. Depressed free. Sometimes you got to look at your life. What could, when you ask God to show you, what could it be things that, because as a Christian, you also, you're breaking generational curses. Your family got generational blessings, but then also what thing could have been in my life that you could show me, God, not to put down to, so I can be a better person. Some things in our life have come to kill, still in the store, but Christ come that you can have life. Life means a different view of what you may have seen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. A different view. Life is, maybe it's something that you're only familiar with, but a life is the light of something, and you're seeing it now in a different view. Then like somebody might come from a family, and everybody got a history of cancer. Well, you know, we all die from cancer. You know, everybody die from cancer, just how it's going to be. Life is a person who mind now is renewed to the fact that I don't have to die from cancer because Christ come that I may have life and have it more fun. 
I don't have to have a history of depression because Christ comes that I may have life and have it more abundantly. And that life is a light that shines now. The life is another level. Christ comes that you may have life and have it more abundantly. What is something that be in your life that you don't see abundance in? Like if somebody might have been raised in poverty, that's all they've seen is poverty. Christ come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The life is now, I don't have to have poverty in my life. I can make changes in my life because the life is shining. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You got what's wrong. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. The light is shining. See, I'm putting you to a, a level of your rightful place in God. Yeah, we talked about righteousness, but your rightful place in God is very powerful. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You ready to get it? Get you out of here. <clears throat> I'll read chapter 3. <clears throat> but it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid unto them that are lost. Who is someone that lost? Someone that don't know Christ. Someone who has not made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, have not professed, uh, accepted Christ, you're lost. I say on this podcast today, if anybody, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, this is your opportunity to accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior because you're lost without him. It says, whom the, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, of his image of God, should shine unto them. Shine. Uh, uh, the, the shining unto them. The, the understanding that they, have, they can have a life. To, my, to, to people who are listening, the ones that have been on drugs for years, and, and you've seen your mama, your daddy, and your uncle, and everybody do it. You have ability to have life and say, I don't have to be on drugs. Christ can set me free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And you can set, get free from that addiction in the name of Jesus and have Christ in your life. When Christ is there, it's like a light come on. Remember, remember the story with uh, uh, the movie Blues Brothers? I remember got Blues Brothers in, the old Blues Brothers in, and he came into the church, and James Brown was up, and one of the guys that was James Brown after, he said, do you see the light? And finally he said, I see the light! And he began to flip down the aisle, and we make jokes about it, but I was saying, even though it just was a movie, I said, how many folks actually see the light of Christ? See the hope that they can have. See, if you lose hope, you think you can't go on no more. I'm letting you know there is hope in Christ. Amen. There's peace in God that you can get that can pass understanding. If you lose the hope that you can't be, that God don't love you. If you lose the hope and you're on drugs and you're taking that last hit, you could be set free. And when Jesus sets you free, you don't have to return to that bondage, that addiction that's dragging you down. Any form of addiction that may be dragging you down. If you give it to Christ, he can help you get it away out of your life. That's the, that's the one that came to set you free. See, we're breaking it down that the rights that you have as a born-again believer, as a righteous person, you're no longer enslaved to sin. You're no longer enslaved to it. And slavery is something that's designed to control you and destroy you. And ruin your life. 
So when you can look at, we got two more minutes. When you can look at that and know God loves me too much. My rightful place is I have a right to go before God because Jesus died on the cross and set me free. Go to Psalms 37, verse 4, and we're going to get ready to get out of here. Psalms 37, verse 4. Psalms 37. Help me in find that. Help come up here with your uh, 30, uh, cousin. 37, verse 4. You got it? He's going to help you. Psalms 37, verse 4. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read verse 3 to 4. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Delight thyself in the Lord. You know what delight means? It's when you like doing the things of God. That's delight. When you love doing the things of God, that's delight. Delight thyself in the Lord, also in the Lord, for he shall give thee the desires of of your heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring it to pass. That business idea you want to, he shall bring it to pass. That college you want to go to and you still believe in God, he shall bring it to pass. But we got to get to the point that when you delight thyself in the Lord, he shall give you the desires of your heart. I hope you believe what this sermon or this message that you realize that I'm connected to God and through me connected to Christ, through Christ, God, I always think God, Christ, and you. So it's almost like the, the right angle. God, Jesus, and you. You, Jesus, and God. You have that access to Jesus, up to God. And if God made everything in this world, like I said before, remember, and we're going to say that we're going to go. We thought about it in Bible study Wednesday night. Remember, Satan is the small G of this world, small God of this world. We want, we know the story, and I'm going to show you this, we're going to let you go. And I want you to study it out. Satan once was in heaven, which was Lucifer. And once Satan was kicked out of heaven because it was found iniquity in him, where did Satan go? On the earth, right? That gave him small G power in the world. And like I said before, I want you to study it out more. I said it Wednesday in Bible study. Noah's flood wasn't the first flood. God flooded out the earth, which was called Lucifer's flood. I'm going to show you something real quick in the Bible here, and we're going to go, and I want you to study it out. Go to Genesis chapter 1. This is, then you know, when God kicked uh, Satan out of heaven, he went down to earth, and then he started calling chaos in earth, and God got him out of there. I mean, he got him, <clears throat> he took control back over the earth. But look at this here scripture here. We're going to get ready to go. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the what? Of the what? Of the waters. It was already water on earth. So you got, it's already water. So Noah's flood was the second flood. Lucifer's flood was the first flood. Some of y'all college people who listen to this, that's what they talk about, the fossils in the whole nine yards. God flooded the earth out one time with Lucifer. God kicked Lucifer on the earth. 
Lucifer doing so much. That's why he became the small G God of this world. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. But there was, and if you look, and he said in God, verse 6, and God said, let there be ferment in the midst of the waters. And he divided the waters from the waters. Water was already on the earth. And if, if you go your phone, you can look up, I can show you more scripture later on by Lucifer Flood. But once God took control of the earth, now as Christians, we have to choose who we serve. The small G guy of this world is Satan. Satan has binded the minds of those who want to be the light of the glory of the gospel unless the light has shined unto them. Then the, when God, now you have that choice to make. Which person will you serve? That's why when you need the second flood, we're going to go Noah's flood. Now you see the rainbow, which is a covenant to let man know. I flooded the earth out twice. I never do it again. That's when you see the rainbow in the sky. When the rain will bear, and you see that rainbow, God gave that rainbow to remind you, I make a covenant with you that I never flood the earth again. God flooded it twice. Lucifer's flood and Noah's flood. That lets you know, even when it comes to the devil, God is in control of him in every aspect. You have to choose whose side you're on. God's side or the enemy's side. There's a winning team you could be on. Say this after me. Father God, I thank you that I know who I am in you. I thank you, Lord, that perfect love cast out all fear. I walk in faith and I walk in established thoughts that you love me so much and you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength, my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, at this time, I know about here, if, if, you, if you want prayer for something, you can come up. Um, most folks, if you need to rededicate, I think everybody here is born again. I normally ask that question, but nobody... You know, if you're not born again, it's time to get saved. And like I say, folks, invite people to church. If not, also tell them that, but then let them listen to the podcast. I had a guy call me from Atlanta last week, said, hey, man, I listened to that podcast. Fire me up. So I was working out. He said, God told me to go listen to the podcast. I said, what? He found it. He said, man, I, he said, listen to that. Go listen to Terry Mitchell. He said, what? Listen to it. He said, man, everything I need to hear that day. So it ain't about you. You never know who life is the impact. Call me on the phone that week saying, man, thank y'all for posting that podcast. Thank my nephew for hearing God to do that because you never know who life is impacting. When you invite somebody to church, you never know who could be sitting at home one day with a gun to their head. How you don't want to live no more? And a word just encourages them to get back up and fight, to get back up and win. So does anybody want prayer for anything right now? No? Okay, I'm going to do a blanket prayer. Father God, I pray over everybody that came out today. And even the ones that couldn't come, <clears throat> I pray a blanket of protection over them. I pray God's divine peace over them. And Father God, I thank you for the, they would be getting ideas, concepts, and insights from you. And their face will glow with the peace of God over their lives when they come in contact on this whole week, Father God. And we get to give you all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.